podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 22, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through where I stop. (laughs) Sit tight. This This is the passage in which Jacob wrestles the angel at Peniel. The same night, he got up and took took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's 
hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
May the words of my mouth Yes, amen, amen, beautiful. So there was a, a time when a rabbi was gathered with her students and she posed a question to them. When is it that night ends and day begins? One of the students raised their hands and said, is it when from a distance you can see an animal and you can tell whether it is a dog or a sheep? No, she said. Oh, I know. Is it, is it when from a distance you can see the tree and you can make out whether it is a fig tree or an apple tree? No. Well, then when is it? The students asked patiently. She said, it is when you see another person and you see they're your sibling. Then night has become day. But until you see that other as your own sibling, it is still night. Ah, uh, yes, I can see. You are my sibling. You are my sibling in the family of God. How many of you may have siblings uh, from your family of origin, either by birth or adoption or fostering? And you all get along really well all the time, correct? <laughs> oh, no. But the... Minutes reflect, there was great laughter at that question. But I get it, we get it, right? That this, this parable is a metaphor about unity, about in the light of day that we can all get along and see at least within that there, we are not apart, but that we are one. And in our current news about indictments and awaiting trial dates, there is an opinion that the trial should be televised to be in the bright light of day, to be in full transparency. And the quote that's being bantered about is, Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis said over a century ago, sunlight is said to be the best of disinfectants. And boy, do things stink. An incendiary social media post typed in all caps, no less, threatening revenge by a defendant. Twice impeached, thrice indicted, liable for sexual abuse, one-term president, has sparked off a standoff between himself and federal prosecutors. This man, my sibling, in the family of God, has, is running from the law by running for president. And we wonder, will an attempted coup leader become president of the United States of America? There is a lot that stinks. It is a long process before a case comes to trial. With a lot of pain and injustice seeking justice, when the trial happens, Whatever the verdict, it doesn't erase the damage. It doesn't bring back lives lost. But we believe it moves us out of the darkness and into the light of a new day. Speaking of which, Genesis. I couldn't think of a transition. The book of Genesis gives us the foundation story of the patriarchal religion of Israel. 
sharing the sagas with the traditional elements such as the hero's unusual birth, his stormy relationship with his brothers, youthful adventures, often including marriage, the constant companionship or presence of a divine helper, and the hero's aging and finally his death. So for instance, there's a character in Genesis named Rebecca, and she has a husband, Isaac, and they have two sons. And Isaac is blind and elderly, and he asks his son Esau to go catch him some game and to make his favorite stew and to bring it to him. Before he dies, he wants to bless him. And Rebecca overhears the conversation and goes to her favorite son, Jacob, and we'll see Jacob in an earlier episode on the soap opera. Jacob tricked Esau into selling his birthright. So in this episode, Rebecca, his mother, decides they're going to, she's going to prepare a disguise for Jacob. She's going to cook his, Isaac's favorite food to fool Isaac. And this trickery works, and Jacob receives his father's blessing. And so Rebecca thinks Esau's not going to be cool with that, so she sends Jacob out to be safe from the vengeance of Esau. Jacob's story continues. He ends up with land, livestock, wives, children, you know, the usual dreams, conversations with God, and he's ha then he has to leave again. There is a mitzvah with his father-in-law, a covenant. You may know these words. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are far away from each other. So in the episode in chapter 32 that we have uh, now joined in, Jacob wants to reconcile with his brother and sends messengers to tell him. And they return with a message that, yes, Esau is going to come and he's bringing 400 men. And Jacob is a little afraid. And so he sends, he divides his family into two camps and he prays to be saved from the hands of his brother Esau. And even he thinks, I can pacify Esau, so I'll send him a gift, and you know, again, the usual, hundreds of goats, some rams, camels, cows, bulls, and donkeys, sends them ahead so that Esau will receive them and feel maybe I don't have to hurt Jacob after all. So Jacob, hoping this will work, sends his family away and spends the night alone in the camp. And he wrestles with this mysterious incarnation of God in human form. And God admits to being the wrestling partner and, Jake, and gives Jacob a new name. Then Jacob wants to know God's name. He even says, please. <laughs> but God responds with a question. Why do you want to know? And there is no response from Jacob. Perhaps God's question has silenced him. But if God's question is the final word in the dialogue, it is not the final action. God blessed Jacob. Jacob names the place Peniel, the face of God, to represent his face-to-face -face encounter with God. And he limps away into the sunrise. Immediately following our text in the 33rd chapter, Genesis recounts the meeting of Jacob and Esau. Before he wrestled with God, Jacob was afraid. But now he can see that the day has dawned. And he sees Esau and he says, I see your face as seeing the face of God. Night becomes day. He begins 
again. Now certainly we all have had our experience when we feel that we are wrestling with something. We may or may not have found that it was wrestling with God, but we're marked by wounds perhaps of sustained from our struggles in some way. And this text is to remind us that God is with us, wrestling with us, and that we are growing in the process. Now to begin again is to continue after a pause or an interruption. On June 11th, 2017, I preached my last message at Los Altos United Methodist Church, where I served as an associate pastor for 11 years. I would not serve a congregation again until I started here a month ago on July 2nd, 2023. Many of us wondered if I would ever return to pastoral ministry. I titled my message then, comma, question mark, semicolon. I quoted Gracie Allen, who said, never place a period where God has placed a comma. For the question mark, I shared that in my experience with pause, which the comma gives us, and prayer, living with the questions finds peace. And for the semicolon, I referred to Project Semicolon, a global nonprofit dedicated to presenting hope and love for those struggling with mental illness, suicide, addiction, and self-injury. They say, in literature, an author uses a semicolon not to end a sentence, but to continue. We see it as you are the author, and your life is the sentence, and you're choosing to keep going. There are times in our lives that call for a comma, a question mark, or a semicolon. Whatever the punctuation marks, we are not alone. We come as we are, asking, begging, with our questions, even when we are afraid, even when we don't know what's next, even when we're angry and confused, we are welcome to go to the one who loves us no matter what. And I close with these words from Steve Garnas Holmes from his blog, Unfolding Light. He writes, we trust a shadowed God who seizes us in lonely places, who comes to us in travail, who births us only in great labor. There is no struggle in which blessing is not unfolded in the mystery. There is no tribulation in which God is not reworking the clay. There is no wound without the power of healing. Therefore, the prayer of the faithful is not that our lives be easy, but always and only this, I will not let go until you bless me. Of the struggles life thrusts upon you, do not let go until you get from them a blessing and become limping, perhaps, a new person with a new name. Amen.
You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.